Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 245, being recorded on Thursday, November 12th, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, and as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason and Scott Show listeners. Way back on October 3rd, in episode 238, we introduced the world, the galaxy, to the potential coming perfect shipping storm that we coined ship again. Uh, and since then, uh, a lot of our folks that, that are really following this closely, uh, you may have noticed that ship has gone mainstream. It has been featured in print in, in, uh, publications like the New York times, Bloomberg business week, and in video on the today show, as well as NBC nightly news and much more. Um, and that's actually the term ship The theme has really uh, taken off. So, you know, you can, uh, you can't really open a retail-themed uh, uh, publication or tweet or anything like that without hearing about Shipageddon. So we're 45 days after we made that call, and we thought this would be a good time to do a deep dive on what we're seeing because we're right on the cusp of, of go time for holiday 2020. Also, uh, there's a lot going on with the pandemic, pandemic, the damn pandemic uh, that uh, – you know, that, that I think actually is going to be impactful. Jason, what are you thinking? Yeah, you made me nostalgic right there. I, I remember back on October 3rd, that was a simpler, easier time as far as I'm concerned. In <laughs> pandemic days, it feels actually like it was six months ago. So there's this yeah. pandemic time frame is very strange. Well, yeah, because I feel like it does both simultaneously. Like I feel like time is going really fast in one way and time is going really slow in another way. Um, Someone coined it best to me, like, this is the world's worst version of Groundhog Day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of getting out and doing different stuff. So, so yeah. So, you know, one of the things that has changed in the last 45 days, and I'm curious to hear your take because you have access to all kinds of um, uh, scientists uh, that I don't have access to. But, you know, the, the pandemic is kind of in a surge mode right now. We're at uh, near record cases and hospitalizations. Um, there's lots of areas talking about shutdowns. I saw Chicago, you're not allowed to have Thanksgiving. So I'm sorry to hear that. So if you want to fly to North Carolina, have Thanksgiving with us, you're, you're welcome to. Um, but anyway, you know, if, if we do go into more lockdowns, that's going to cause more online shipping, which, which could actually worsen the problem that you and I have been talking about. Yeah, no, uh, the may, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure you've heard this yet, but the mayor of Chicago just, uh, imposed a full lockdown on Chicago effective Monday. Okay. I did not hear that. I knew that they were guiding that you weren't supposed to have Thanksgiving guests and stuff like that, but I didn't know it was a full lockdown. Yeah. I think they've, they're coming out with an alternative phrase to lockdown, like advisory or something, but it, it, it basically is the same thing. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very much a Debbie Downer. And it's funny because, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of briefings on COVID now for a long time, like literally over 300 briefings. And early on, we brought in this really smart epidemiologist to sort of advise us on the the ways this could play out. Um, and 
his uh, his name is uh, Michael Osterholm. He uh, he famously wrote a book, kind of perfectly predicting COVID in like 2017, um, which is, unfortunately has all come true. Uh, and he's been like, as far as I'm concerned, totally spot on through this whole pandemic so far. And as a result of him, we've given some really good advice to clients that's worked out as well as it could. Um, so the reason I bring him up now is two interesting things have happened this week. Uh, uh, Joe Biden has appointed him to his COVID task force. So I lost my epidemiologist to the, the president-elect, um, depending on on how you count. And um, then he made news like literally today because he uh, – Michael did a press conference and he said, yeah, I probably think we should have a, a national lockdown for six weeks, which – like uh, the rest of the Biden team quickly disavowed because, you know, nobody wants to be attached to that kind of extreme, extreme measure. Yeah. But it really struck me because uh, Dr. Osterholm has been, um, I would say, very middle of the road. Like he's definitely not a oh, we should just focus on on uh, health and close everything down and not worry about the economy. Like he's very focused on the cost reward of every activity. Um, and he has like, you know, some really smart thinking about when you should close schools and when you should open them. And he, he's not a big like blanket shutdown kind of person. And so for him to call for that, despite the fact that it like it it, it didn't have very good optics is like, frankly, it's a little concerning because he's he's been pretty, pretty accurate so far. Yeah. Yeah. So um so maybe this is a good time if folks are just learning about Shepagin to go through the setup. If if you want to kind of walk through the the premise of why we raised the alert way back in October third, and um, yeah, if anything, I think you and I both agree that that it's even more likely to be a problem, and we're going to walk through some of the math on that. Nice, I love it when you do math. Do you want to do the setup, and then I'll do the math? Sure. Um, so, at its most simplistic. Uh, because of COVID, people have been selling a lot more stuff online. Um, and so we've had this e-commerce peak that started in March. Um, and for a lot of e-commerce sites, they've been doing uh, cyber five level sales volumes every day since March. So way, you know, higher volume than we would ordinarily have. And now we're coming into the actual cyber five, which ordinarily has this very high peak. And so the way to think about this is, uh, one would expect a peak on peak um, for for this holiday, you know, so unprecedented high levels of e-commerce sales. And that was really even before we had a full appreciation for how south the pandemic might turn. Right. So now that the pandemic is really kind of reemerging um, in a in a pretty severe way, that would, in theory, drive even more people to e-commerce. So so, you know, the the simple minded um, model might be, oh, we're going to sell a lot less stuff in store and we're going to sell a lot more stuff online that we have to ship to home. And the the huge fallacy in that thinking is that there is a unlimited shipping capacity to ship stuff to people's homes. And as we frequently talked about on this show, uh, UPS and FedEx don't have enough capacity to handle the organic growth that happens every year on holiday. Um E-commerce tends to grow at like in old times, like 15 to 20 percent. Holiday might grow 25 percent. 
Um, and shipping capacity is max shipping capacity is growing at like 8%. So, so we already had this misalignment. Now in the COVID year, you've got this peak on peak. There's just simply no way the U.S. Post Office, US, uh, FedEx and, and uh, UPS can ship all the additional packages that people would want. So, so we've called that problem ship again, that there's going to be a lot of demand for online sales and there's not going to be the capacity to, to fill it. Yeah. And if we, um, you know, if uh, this is always hard on our podcast, but if we can draw a chart in your mind, you know, normally, so in Q1 of this year, e-commerce was chugging along at 15%, which was great. And then it accelerated to like 40 to 45%. Um, now in Q3, we don't have the, the gold standard data yet, um, which is the, the Census Bureau, who's also been on the podcast, puts that out. Um, and if I'm, if I remember right, that comes out next week, right? It's a right. week from today. It's thir- uh, yeah. next Thursday. Yes, and uh, Jason gets pretty giddy at this time of uh, the quarter when the data comes out. So he'll have some sleepless nights between now and then. And um, they don't call him Retail Geek for nothing. And But we do have Amazon, which which I kind of view as, you know, if those things aren't aligned, then, then something's wrong. So Amazon came in at about 37%, um, a little bit higher um, if you take out their offline component. So, so kind of 39%, um, maybe even kind of low 40s. So, so I think that exceeded, I think a lot of people were expecting it to come down to more low thirties, but Amazon at least saw high thirties. So there's, there's a bracket there for Q3 where the year of year growth is somewhere between, I'm guessing 30 to 40%. And then, you know, the big question is what are we going to see in the fourth quarter? Well, a lot of the models that we've talked about on the show, like eMarketer and uh, a bunch of these, they're showing kind of you know, low, th- low to mid thirties. Um, so we could actually, you know, I think the data from Q3 may indicate that that's conservative. And then also if the pandemic is resurgent, that's going to definitely prove those to be conservative. So, you know, so, so even at like, even if at 30 to 35%, it was a problem and it's going to become a much more severe peaky peak, 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 <laughs> if we get kind of 35 to 40% bracket. Have you have you adjusted your thoughts for fourth quarter at all? Yeah, so um you know again it's the you've you've hit two of the main factors there are two other ones right so e-commerce demand is going to go up um overall consumer demand is likely to be pretty healthy it's going to be in different categories than it ordinarily would so we're going to sell less apparel um we're going to sell uh less less luggage than we ordinarily would on a holiday but we're going to sell way more groceries than we ordinarily would because people aren't going to go to restaurants and we're selling a lot more home goods than we usually do because people are spending their vacation money on improving their their homes and then uh we we do have this once every three or four year cycle that's happening this year with sony and microsoft both releasing major video game platforms which is really going to give a goose to the to the sort of uh, digital entertainment category. So consumer demand, uh, we've always said, is going to be pretty healthy in spite of the pandemic. That still seems like it's holding. Uh, you've got finite capacity to ship to them. A lot of retailers have dramatically improved their ability to fulfill e-commerce orders from stores, so that's going to help them. But then the last problem is retailers also have uh, – less inventory than they would like. They both they're financially conservative and bought less. And now we're we have really constrained uh 
capacity to ship stuff from China. Like all the ships and boats are full and you can't book partial um, containers right now. And when you do find a way to ship stuff, it's really expensive. So uh, a lot of retailers are just worried that they're not going to have a, a, a big enough supply for demand, which is going to is another artificial constraint on what sales are. So you you bundle all that up and it's it's um, there's more uncertainty in this holiday period than we've ever had. But I still think it's going to net out to be a pretty healthy holiday. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, uh, anything else on the setup or uh, no, I think we've beaten it to death. I want to hear the math. Well, one other uh, thing I I did forget to mention there is um, Amazon very – and again, this is if you haven't tracked this. So Amazon very cleverly – I think it's 18 months ago, maybe two years now. They realized this – they could see the lines were going to cross, right? They could see that even – you know they were set – they were eating up enough capacity with um, mostly UPS and USPS, a little bit of FedEx, that they were going to – they were not going to be able to ship packages uh, because of that. So they developed their own direct-to-consumer delivery mechanism um, through this uh, DSP program, which is delivery service provider. Um, so so if we kind of do the math on that, Amazon can flex that. And um, in my day job, I actually have some you know, kind of insight into this where we are seeing DSPs adding trucks at a tremendous pace Um even unbranded kind of wacky stuff um, like, you know, just random minivans and anything that will hold a bunch of packages right now. Um, So Amazon controls their own destiny. So I think they're actually going to be the least impacted. Um, And then you and I differ a little bit on this. So I'm I'm curious where you're, where you are now that we're 45 days into this. I kind of feel like um, the, what I would call the larger direct uh, folks. So let's, let's think of, um, I don't know. What's a good example. Walmart. Um, you know, walmart.com, uh, forget the store part of Walmart for a second. Um, that will be a stopgap, a, a release valve also. But, you know, even walmart.com, they can go buy capacity from, I don't know if they use FedEx or UPS. Um, FedEx, yeah. Or, yeah, or Chewy. Um, I just saw a FedEx truck full of Chewy stuff the other day. So what they can do is they can kind of, this is called a quota. So they can ju- go and say, I'm going to go pre-buy a bunch of capacity from you. Um, and even though the rates have gone up. So, so I think they'll be okay. And then if you're omni-channel, you'll be okay because you have stores. Um, so in my mind, the ones, the folks that are going to suffer the most from this are going to be the smaller merchants that rely heavily on the USPS because the USPS, I don't, I don't think they're adding capacity at all. If anything, I would guess they're losing capacity. Um, and, you know, so that in my mind is the eBay sellers, the Etsy sellers and the Shopify audience. They largely don't, they are the biggest um, users of USPS in in the data I've seen. And I think that they would be kind of most at risk because they don't have the heft to go out and, you know, A, the USPS doesn't have a quota-like thing where you can go buy some capacity. Uh, and then B, they they many times don't really use FedEx or UPS. So so I kind of think that's the segment that's going to be hit the hardest by Shippageddon. Have you, you changed your thoughts on who's going to have the most impact? Yeah, so I – Sort of saw it differently than you, and I still do, although I feel like it's it's um uh dissipated slightly so the uh i hundred percent agree with you the big shippers like all signed up for a quota right and the and FedEx went to Walmart and said, "Hey, here's how much you shipped last year, here's how much we can offer you this year. do you want to buy it right and and of course Walmart and everyone said yes um but that 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 quota that they signed up for was essentially a peak. It wasn't a peak on a peak. And so um, my hypothesis is 
Walmart's going to have much more demand than the quota they were able to buy. And the ant, uh, Walmart's not going to get offered the ability to deliver more packages than that quota. Like FedEx is literally going to say no. Um, because mm-hmm. FedEx doesn't want to be the Scrooge that misses Christmas for a bunch of these packages. So my, my original premise back in October was that the, the big companies that have all the traffic, the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Targets, they're going to get first bite at all the consumers and they're going to sell all they can. But once they hit their quota and they have to start turning away customers, that those customers are then going to turn to less traditional uh, e-commerce providers that maybe haven't consumed their entire quota. So you might go to a, an eBay or a Bed Bath & Beyond or a Party City or some someone that maybe wouldn't have been your first provider, but you're now looking for someone that has capacity after Walmart's run out of capacity. Um, and so I thought it was actually going to favor them a little bit. And once you get under a certain size, FedEx doesn't have the bandwidth to sell you a quota. So the small shippers actually don't have a quota. And so I thought that would be an advantage. And so when you think about non uh, FBA sales on Amazon and you think about all sales on eBay, it's, it's, it's not a battleship sh- of shipping. It's a bunch of little rowboats of shipping that each have their own, you know, uh, amount of capacity. And so I kind of thought that that was uh, a, a nice redundancy that, you know, they would get a nice kiss from this. But uh, two things would happen. Uh, the shippers are smarter uh, than I thought, and they're constraining the small guys too. Number one, back in like July, they stopped signing up accounts with small guys. So if you didn't have an account, you couldn't start a business and start shipping. Um, they are limiting the amount of packages they take from those guys. They are pushing their cutoffs for shipping way earlier on those guys. And another big difference between the little guy and the big guy is a lot of the big guys are okay. have historically been okay not making a huge profit on e-commerce yet, right? And so a lot of the big guys shipping is express ship uh, two-day delivery, which is very expensive. The The smaller sellers all have to have uh, better profitability in unit, unit economics. So they either use U.S. post office, like you mentioned, or they use what I call an injection shipping method, which is like a hybrid where um, maybe it flies on a FedEx plane and then gets delivered by a a USPS driver. Um, and so those, those are the most economical shipping things. They're also the slowest and are going to be impacted by the earliest cutoffs. So um, like I, I, I think for those systemic reasons, the little guy isn't going to get as much of a kiss as I originally thought. So I feel like the pain is going to be more evenly distributed. So that was just a really long way of saying that you're, you're wrong. <laughs> uh I'm. Uh, it was actually was a just... long way of saying I'm less wrong than you, but okay. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see. Um, we'll have to look at the the Shipageddon wreckage and and see what we can learn from it and, and do a post mortem. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of great artificial reefs as a result of Shipageddon. <laughs> um, okay, so um, one of the things that I've been working on, and uh, shout out to our friends at eMarketer, specifically Andrew Lipsman. Um, so the, I think you can actually do a model of this and I've been working on this and we'll provide this to listeners uh, through all the social media early next week. So, but I want to talk everyone through, through my thinking here to just kind of put some numbers on, on this kind of uh, conceptual thing we've been talking about. 
And just to boil it down, when I've modeled this, the problem really comes down to the Cyber 5. Um, and um, let me walk you through that. So if we look at eMarketer's model, they have, over that five-day period, they're projecting $39 billion in GMV. And that's about 40% year-over-year than last year. Um, so, so that's, that's pretty good. You could argue that's high, but you know, I think they have, um, you know, and that actually, you and I have looked in that pencils with a lot of the other things that are out there. Um, uh, and the, the peak day is cyber Monday still, and it's a big one and it's, you know, you could kind of think of it as, uh, amongst the cyber five, you have black Friday having a pretty big blip and that's going to be, I actually think they're probably underestimating that because I think. Black Friday will be bigger because all the stores are closing on Black Friday, and then we have these lockdowns. So I don't, I don't know what that's going to do. But all right, uh, so I, I think this could actually be worse. But, but bear with me; we'll just stick to their numbers. Um, and then you have Cyber Monday; is they're really big at, at kind of over twelve billion going out that day. Um, okay, so roll those up together; you got about forty billion, just to use a loose number. If we assume an average order value um, of you know how many, how do we get from boxes uh, from dollars to boxes uh, or packages? Um, we use a range of 50 to a hundred dollars. I think the industry standard is 75 right at the midpoint, but I, I kind of like to do a bookend on these, these models. So with those bookends, um, you effectively from cyber five are going to have 390 to 780 million packages. So think of that. That's our supply that, that we have to put through this supply chain to get out to customers. Now let's look at this, this pipe we're putting things through or, or the capacity. Um, if you look at the reported capacity from UPS, FedEx, and FedEx has two networks. They have air and ground, um, and then the USPS, and then Amazon. Well, when I roll that up, you have kind of standard capacity, 44 million packages a day. But then they all do go into a surge mode for the holiday. So the UPS um, CEO was on, for example, um, and uh, she was on Mad Money. Uh, it was actually a shipageddon type segment, which was kind of interesting. Um, and... You know, she was talking about uh, a bunch of new sortation machines, trucks, all this kind of stuff. Um, so there is a surge. So so Q3 isn't a fair comp. Um, so I've I've read a bunch of these reports, um, and they all kind of mentioned it in their Q3 um, reports. And I dug into there. And when I do the math on that, the best I can tell, and I'm being super generous here, is that you know, on on average, they have a 44 million a day capacity. Um, and I think that surges up to 75 million. So that'd be a 70% surge. I, th I think that's an aggressive number. I'm, I'm not, you know, I feel good about Amazon being able to do that. I'm a little skeptical. It's hard for me to tell about USPS. I, I think they could bring it down to more like 50%, but we'll, we'll be generous. Um, so, so, so there you go. So keep that number in your head, 75 million packages. So if we just do the simple math and we've got this bracket of the supply of 390 to 780, we're dividing by 75. You essentially can see the Cyber 5, in the best case scenario, will take about six days to clear through the system. Um, in the worst case scenario, I, it's not the worst worst, but a, uh, a near worst case scenario, if it's 780 million packages, then that's 10 days. So there's this kind of five to 10 day bracket. Now, the, now the, the trick here is that's the simple model I wanted to walk you through just so you kind of get your head around it. Um, so, but... The reality is we're going to start the Cyber 5 and the pipe's already going to have some water in it, right? So if we use this kind of mental image of there's this pipe out there and I'm trying to jam you know, all these packages into there, um, the pipe already has limited capacity. Or it does not have 100% capacity because there's already packages that will be coming in it through the ordering that happens before Thanksgiving. Um, if we 
you know, it, and, and this is where I haven't spent as much time modeling, but if, if we're kind of, you know, my best guess is we're going to be somewhere between 30 to 50% of that capacity will already be being kind of consumed. So it just ends up pushing things out another three or four days. So when I boil all that together, um, I see a scenario where the cyber five, which ends on cyber Monday, the 30th, it, it could take until December 5th to clear that out. Um, and that's being, I think, pretty optimistic. It could take as long as December 10th to clear all that out. Um, and even like December 12th. So, and then, you know, what, what makes this worse is people aren't going to stop ordering on cyber Monday, right? There's, there's going to be, you know, the next Tuesday and, and whatnot. So, um, the analogy I like to use, and this is maybe something from the Southeast is there's this whole, you know, a, a, a snake can eat a pig, but it's going to take it a while to digest it. So, so I'm really worried the cyber five, when I model this out, I'm worried the cyber five puts jams into the supply chain, this 10 day, um, you know, um, amount of volume that's going to take a long time to get through the system. And it's just going to make it that much harder to clear out. So, um, yeah, so that's I'm, I'm going to um, be putting out a more detailed model. Happy to share that and get the uh, you know all the the folks in the social media world kind of poking holes in this. But that's kind of where I've come out on the model. What do you think about that? Does that pass the Jason sniff test? It does. Uh, per your point, like there's you know some of that capacity is going to be full before it starts and is going to continue to fill after it ends. Um, and what's interesting about that is if you play it out uh, in your scenario, you you've worked through that that pig, uh, if you will, like around the week of the tenth through the fifteenth. And guess what? All the carriers cutoffs are for holiday this year. I'm going to guess the tenth to the fifteenth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're really flirting with like packages that come in at the back end of that that cyber five missing holiday and uh for sure you're flirting with everything that gets you know ordered after that missing holiday yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting um and if we have a bunch of store closures where we have been kind of assuming there would be a stopgap there um you know if we go back to the the worst part of the pandemic um the only things that were really open were walmart and target right because if i recall best buy was totally closed for a while um, so, and it's because they have grocery, right? So it's yeah, all essential grocery. Yes. Yeah, so that could be, it, if we get to that type of scenario, even if it's, um, going to be kind of regionalized to like some major metros, like, like, um, LA, San Francisco, New York, and Chicago, that, that could be pretty cataclysmic. Cause I've been kind of assuming by online Bopus and, and curbside would, would be a stopgap for this. Uh, and if those things aren't available, that 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 could play a pretty big role in this as well. Yeah, although I will say, even in the first shutdown, a lot of Bopus was able to stay open. So like Best Buy shut down, but but, but curbside was still running um, during that shutdown. And it it does feel like e even if things get really bad in the pandemic, it it's going to be a more uh, surgical version of a shutdown that would play out this time. So I like I, I do think a lot of that release valve is still going to exist. Cool. What other, um, so you spend uh, all your days, hours and hours, and sometimes way into the night with our, our friends in Australia and other countries talking about this. What what are you hearing from the retail uh, digerati out there? Yeah, uh, well, retailers are super nervous. They still are not, you know, comfortable that they have good visibility to how this is all going to play out. Like, obviously, and we've talked about this on past shows, in many ways, you know, retailers have started promoting and trying to drive holiday um 
in October, somewhat triggered by Prime Day being in October. And uh, a, a very common theme we're seeing is every retailer communicating some flavor of ship again to their customers and begging their customers to order early. Um, and while that those messages are getting a lot of play and you like it's getting covered a lot on the, the major news programs and all these things, um, I would say that so far indications are that consumers are not buying it. Um, so we're, we're seeing some earlier ordering, but uh, we, we are not seeing enough earlier ordering that it's going to dramatically change the shape of holiday. So, so you know, this is um, it's looking like it's going to play out in a challenging situation, uh, like some some kind of random trend stuff that we've uh, we've been seeing is, you know, tons of retailers are communicating their cutoffs and they're telling people that they're going to have more um that they're going to need to order earlier this year and that they need to, you know, order earlier. They want to be safe. I I think one of the most extreme versions we saw was Abercrombie and Fitch put out December 4th as their holiday cutoff. Um, So that's super early and way before um, the carriers have worked through their, their cyber five surge in, in your model. Um, we mentioned earlier, you know, that, that most of the carriers have a slightly earlier cutoff this year than they have previous years. So it does vary depending on shipping product and which carrier you're talking about. But in general, you can think of ground shipping cutoff as being about the 15th of December. Um, if you are using one of those hybrid models like a SurePost or, you know, one that's a combination of an air carrier and a ground carrier, that cutoff date becomes like December 9th. And those two products, ground shipping and injection shipping, are the cost-effective ones. Um, if you're using a 3PL to ship, that, that 3PL wants a buffer before they get it to the carrier. So most 3PLs are telling their clients, hey, your cutoff uh, for taking orders needs to be about the 6th. And that's where you get cutoffs like the 4th that Abercrombie is is pitching. Um and then there have been a bunch of other industry interesting things that have happened. Um, so FedEx has added an extra day to a lot of their ground service levels, uh, meaning it takes a day longer to deliver. And that has a lot of ramifications, one of which is it know, uh, a bunch of, of uh, zones that you could ship FedEx and qualify for self-fulfilled prime no longer qualify for self-fulfilled prime. So there's a lot of Amazon shoppers that try to use FedEx uh, SFP, and they may have relied on FedEx Ground for these, you know, one and two zone shipping. Um, and now, you know, uh, starting in November, that that is no longer eligible for Prime. So that's a big deal. Um, not only did the quote the shippers all go to the the their uh, customers and say, "Hey, you have a maximum quota you can ship." They also said, "And we're going to charge you more, right?" So on average, the a- average parcel is about two bucks more expensive to ship than it was before. Um, so you know that puts a real strain on margins. Um, we talked about a lot about the shipping constraining stuff, but the other thing here that's, that's increasingly scary to me is the lean inventory levels that a bunch of retailers have had. Uh, Doug McMillan's done several interviews where he said there's a bunch of categories where Walmart's not going to have the inventory that they'd like to have going into holiday. Um, Jeffrey's one of the analysts that we, we follow pretty closely, you know, kind of, um, had issued a report and the title of the report was empty shelves and raided storerooms. Um, and they're saying that, you know, it's going to affect a lot more categories than just grocery, um, over holiday. Uh, the, the, 
international shippers are all saying that like, hey, basically all the capacity from China is gone. So there, you know, there are no more boats. There are no more containers. If if you don't have enough inventory on your shelves right now, you're not going to get restocked or replenished. Um, and then you've got, you know, the two biggest retailers out there, Walmart and Amazon, that are kind of uniquely positioned with some of their own capacity. Amazon, you know, for their own home delivery and Walmart with their, you know, a large fleet of stores they can deliver from. Um, to put that in perspective, uh, one of the things Walmart announced this week was that they're opening 42 more what they call pop-up fulfillment centers. And the way they're able to do this is Walmart has a lot of um, store fulfillment centers, uh, centers that are designed to ship pallets to stores. And what they've done is they've written a bunch of software, deployed a bunch of new hardware, and they're converting a corner of a lot of those store fulfillment centers to be uh, uh, consumer fulfillment centers that ship eaches instead of pallets. So they're dramatically bolstering their fulfillment capability and their ability to leverage ground shipping and and uh, U.S. postal shipping. And then, you know, you mentioned Amazon made a big investment. Um, last year, Amazon added 15% more capa- uh, fulfillment center capacity than they did in 2018. This year, they're adding 50% more fulfillment capacity. So they're doubling the size of their network, which, which was already vastly bigger than anyone else's network. They spent $9 billion in CapEx just in Q2 on fulfillment, and that's all paying off now. So we're going into this holiday with Walmart and Amazon having a lot more capacity than everyone else. Um, So it's, you know, there's a lot going on right now. It's going to be a really complicated holiday. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's the setup, the model, and what we're seeing retailers do um, from a um, communication standpoint. Um, And then... um, because we originated this, you and I are getting a lot of questions of, okay, uh, I'm a retailer. How do I mitigate this? Um, and you've hit on some of these, but I, I think it, it kind of bears. I always like to, instead of just ringing the alarm bell here, uh, I think it, it, it behooves us to give people some advice on, on how to handle this Shipageddon situation. So, um, you know, the, the doomsday scenario is you have a bunch of people that order something on 1220, and this is that. You know, that's this is the hallmark gift for their kid or um, you know, or whatnot, um, and it doesn't arrive, right? And so, so that's what you want to you know that that's a very unhappy customer situation um, and should be avoided at all costs. It's much better to say, "I'm sorry, you missed the shipping cutoff," than than to um, you know overpromise and under deliver. Um, so, so you know, but. To your point, Jason, there's not a lot of data on this. So, you know, one of our commitments is we're going to be keeping a pretty close eye on this. Another, you know, two other things just to inject here before we go into mitigation strategies. Um, we, we do have this virus coming out, uh, our vaccine for the virus. Um, not clear what supply chain it's going through or if it's going to be an impact. A lot of people have raised that as a potential issue. Uh, I don't, I kind of handicap that pretty low. So like sub 10% impact. Um but one thing we are seeing is, you know, people aren't going to be seeing as many relatives and going to their normal, you know, I'm going to go see my aunts and uncles and all this kind of thing. So there is going to be extra capacity in the system, even above and beyond what we're talking about from people shipping gifts around that, that, you know, you wouldn't have before. So that's a wild card. I actually score that one pretty high. It's going to eat up some capacity. I don't think it's going to be like cyber Monday levels or anything. Um, okay. Uh, with that, you know, the, the biggest ones that, that I've been telling folks is, 
you know, there, there's this game of chicken with the consumer where we've trained them since Cyber Monday was coined that that's going to be our best deal. And we all hold that deal back for Cyber Monday and, and Black Friday somewhere in there. Um, so if you can, and I know we're up against limited time here, but you know, to the extent you can say to them, this is going to be our best deal um, and, and be honest about that. Um, I think that helps. Uh, I'm on the board of one company that's tried this and, and they are having pretty good success with it. They've had to kind of message it three times for it to land. <laughs> um, because again, you know, you build in these behaviors over years and, and it's hard to, to dislodge them. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, and then if, if you are using cyber five as your best deal, I would communicate that again, just so people don't think, okay. Um, and then any kind of, you know, communications you can have that are very open and crystal clear with folks, you don't want to overdo it, but you know, if you do learn that that window is closing in, the more communications we've seen, like the Abercrombie is a really nice banner that that is you know pretty highlighted. This doesn't have to all be email marketing and that kind of thing. Um, then another one is, you know, uh, I I order a ton online. I just got like a new uh, Wi-Fi router, and it came in this giant box. And I was like, what the heck did I order? And I opened the box, and you know, it's like ninety eight percent air, two percent item. So, so this is the time to get really smart about putting more stuff in your boxes, um, running any kind of promotion where, you know, if you, if you don't have a free shipping, that makes this hard, obviously. But if, if you do charge for shipping, some kind of a threshold, you know, get that average order value up, get more stuff in the box. That's going to be a smart thing to do. Um, I know um, at Channel Advisor, and this is kind of like 10 years ago, um, we we started offering for our customers kind of this window where we could look in our software and we would actually see it wasn't, it wasn't huge, but it wasn't also non-zero something like 5%. If we, if we kind of looked across a 24 hour window, consumers would order multiple things. Um, and then, but they would put them in separate orders. So if you could kind of do consolidated shipping across a window and kind of see that and say, Hmm, Jason just ordered two things from me in the span of eight hours. I'm going to put those into one box Little stuff like that can can start to move the needle here. Um, what are what are the things that you are recommending out there, Jason? Yeah, um, well, there's a lot of tactics, uh, but I'm going to throw one strategy out first, um, which is uh, hard for some people to to hear. But um, in a, a previous year, we acted as if we had unlimited capacity, so you tried to collect as many orders as you can. Most retailers are going to max out their fulfillment capacity this holiday. The big ones are for sure. And so what that means is you should treat your sales wildly different. Like if you only have a finite number of slots, you want to sell those slots to the customers that are most profitable, right? And so what that means is instead of offering everyone free shipping, you only want to offer free shipping to the most profitable order. So this is the one holiday where, um, you know, you you really uh, do want to think about things like raising your shipping uh, cutoffs and like having a higher threshold for free shipping. Um, for sure, the you want to be more careful about getting really margin erosive with your promotions. Like it just doesn't make sense to... Um, race to the bottom with a super low doorbuster deal just to get the order um, when, you know, you're not going to be able to make that up later because you only have a finite number of slots. So from a strategic standpoint, I'd say, like, really think hard about your pricing and your promotion strategy 
uh, under this new paradigm that you only that you are not going to sell uh, as many items as you would you would like to or ordinarily are going to be able to uh, uh, via these channels. Um, so that's the strategy. You you mentioned uh, the the messaging and the the most important thing here is not to surprise customers, and so we want to be as consistent and um, transparent and overt as we can about the messaging. So you mentioned banners. You definitely want to have some persistent messaging on your website that, you know, it's your version of the due to increased shipping demands, delivery times are longer than expected. Please allow X number of days for delivery, right? Like that, that needs to be part of your user experience. And it needs to show up um, not just one place on your website, because you have to remember not everyone starts at your homepage. A lot of people parachute into a product detail page from Google or a category page. So this really needs to be banner messaging that shows up um, across all the different page types on your site. Um, everybody's doing early Black Friday to try to spread out that demand. Uh, one frequent listener of the show, uh, Andy at Keysmart, like I got his email. It's probably one of 40 in my box right now that are running early Black Friday uh, messages. And I'll just give you an idea of what the tone is. Um, like, you know, they make this cool uh, uh, keychain uh, product and they've sent out an email. Hey, we're starting our early Black Friday sales now. Uh, we're expecting a huge surge in demand for Christmas. And since a lot of physical retailers are closed and the postal system is really jammed up with e-commerce packages right now, we want to make sure you have as much time as possible to shop and get your gifts. So here's our Black Friday deals on uh, Tuesday, November 10th, right? Um, and so they're 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 doing everything they can to pull in that uh, those orders. They're they're explicitly labeling it Black Friday deals, and that's to try to combat this psychology that if you just say it's a sale, then people still assume there's going to be a better Black Friday sale later. But if you call it your Black Friday sale now. Um, it helps land that message that this is your best deal. Um, you you know, uh, once you start getting into the order funnel, uh, it becomes super important to have custom messaging, right? So if, if they're a known customer and you know where you're shipping to, um, you want to give them really accurate information about not when you're going to ship it or what shipping methods you're going to use. You want to give them really accurate information about when they're going to get it if they complete this order today. Um, and so, you know, you start thinking about this whole discipline that we call delivery experience management. Um, and, you know, that it, it would really behoove you, you to have a, a sub, a, an employee dedicated to crafting the delivery experience, um, that you guys offer around holiday. Um, there are now a bunch of vendors that specialize in helping retailers with this. So I think of companies like, uh, Navar, um, as a delivery experience management platform or even a, uh, a more modern, like cooler one would be like uh, Convey, um, which is getconvey.com. Um, these are companies that do a couple of things. Uh, they customize the messages that show up on site and in all your transactional emails to tell customers when they're going to get things. They, they help you pick all the different shipping methods and carriers to optimize them for each customer. And then most importantly, they use aggregate data from all their customers to predict when the carriers are going to deliver on time and when they're not. And they, they can use that predictive model to pad the delivery and ship, uh, uh, have earlier cutoffs when that's appropriate. Um, and when the product's already been sold and they predict that stuff isn't going to arrive on time, 
they can message it for customers. Um, and so the, what, what can happen there is you proactively tell a customer that something's going to arrive late, but it's still going to arrive before Christmas. You can dramatically reduce what we call the WIMO calls, which is the where is my order calls, which are super expensive problem for customer service when stuff doesn't show up when it ships. For sure, you need to message all this on the checkout pages and the order confirmation page. And then you need a ton of transactional emails that message all this, right? So you're going to email a shipping confirmation when you ship it. You, you, you should, if you're not, you should be thinking about emailing delivery confirmations when it gets delivered. If there's a lag between when they order it and when they're going to get it, you might think about some interim emails where you're communicating the ownership experience to the customer. So you're telling, you know, you're giving them some install instructions or some pro tips or things. Find some other reason to communicate with them. Remind them when to expect the package. This is the time to over-communicate all this stuff. You for sure want to think about offering, uh, helping customers sign up for the carrier's shipping tracking services so they get you know this real granular data on shipping from the customers. All of this stuff uh, you really need to be thinking about um, to, to maximize customer comfort levels, minimize uh, surprises, and really reduce return costs and customer service costs. So uh, that's for each individual order. In terms of promoting products on your site, you want to think about this kind of cascading um, fallback plan, right? Like in November, we can be offering free shipping, and we know we can ship that stuff really cost-effectively via ground or U.S. post office. Once we start getting into early December, we need to shift our messaging to be promoting our express shipping options, right? Because after that, about December 10th, the only way we're going to get there on time is is two-day air shipping. So our messages should change. Our pricing um, promotion should all change to reflect selling stuff that's going to ship via express shipping. Uh, once we get close to that last week, we want to shift to exclusively focus on promoting stuff that you can pick up in stores, right? So, you know, you want a, lot, a bunch of promotional messages around BOPUS because you want to stop collecting orders that you're going to put in USPS or, uh, or in FedEx when you're, you're getting close to your shipping quota with FedEx. Um, and then... You know, for all those late gift givers that are logging on on, uh, you know, uh, the night before Christmas, hoping to get a package to someone, what you need to have messaging there uh, selling digital stuff, uh, selling like digital downloads, gift cards, stuff like that, that you can deliver digitally so you can still capitalize on on all that demand. So those are some of the things I would be thinking about to mitigate ship again this year. Pretty cool. I, uh, I haven't even heard of Wemo, so I like it. Yeah, it's a, you know, uh, customer service is a super important and expensive service and everything's constrained this year, right? So if you if you haven't dramatically flexed your call center and you suddenly sell way more stuff e- via e-commerce, e-commerce orders get more customer service calls, right? And when shipping gets late, they get even more calls. And so we need to mitigate all that stuff. And we're not even talking about the next problem we're going to have next month, which is going to be the returns on all this stuff. Yeah, coming soon. Uh, returns. Turn again. Yeah. So you don't want to have FOMO with a WEMO. So use your BOPUS. Exactly. Like, enough acronyms in that sense. Exactly. And and if you can just get the world to buy Starbucks gift cards like Starbucks does, that's probably the best situation. Genius. Yeah. It helps to have an addictive product. Absolutely. Well, cool. So hopefully you have found this deep dive on Shipageddon helpful. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, again. This is going to be a really interesting holiday season to watch. So we'll, we'll certainly uh, be talking about it again. And I, I wish everyone every success. Um, hopefully things end up being a little uh, more moderate than we're we're predicting. But better to prepare for the 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 worst and uh, um, exceed those expectations. Um, so thanks to everyone for listening. As always, if you have any comments or questions. We'd love it if you'd jump on uh, Facebook or Twitter and give us your feedback. And, of course, um, if one of these pieces of advice helps you survive the holiday, the way you can pay us for that is to jump on iTunes and give us that five-star review. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, happy conversation. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 